Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details from the series Global Seeds Insight Tour taking place this week. Also, a market outlook from Ryan Longhenry with series Global Egg. And at first in today's country comment, we'll chat with Sandy Hart, the general manager with Savita International. He'll talk about food-grade soybeans and some of the products being made in Japan. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The series Global Seeds Insight Tour is underway this week. I attended the event in Winkler yesterday and chatted with Civita International General Manager Sandy Hart. So Savita is an, an independent, uh, fully integrated, Canadian-owned uh, soybean company. Uh, so we work end-to-end along the soybean value chain. We own um, one of the largest uh, private soybean breeding programs focused on Canadian maturities. Um, we have a seed brand that's distributed across Canada, and we uh, sell directly to uh, food manufacturers in some of the highest value soybean markets in the world. We're here at the uh, Series Global um, Insight Tour. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, what you'll be focusing on today in your talk. So uh, so Series has set up uh, two soybean stations for us here today. Uh, one, we're going to be talking about the new genetics that we're bringing to the market for the 2023 um, season on the uh, on the GMO side, our Roundup Ready to Extend lineup, which has grown over the last number of years. We've got a lot of exciting new products filling in that kind of 002 to 004 maturity, which I think historically has been a, a bit of a gap in the Savita lineup. Then, of course, we've got our uh, food grade station here where John Hendrick, our Japan sales manager, is going to uh, talk about what end users around the world are looking for in uh, in food grade beans we've got some of the varieties on display and we're going to be uh, giving out some samples as well talk a bit more about those uh, food grade beans you know what uh, what makes them uh, different so what makes uh, food grade beans different is uh, first of all they're non-gmo um, they're they're usually elevated in uh, in protein and we'll work with various end users through a product development to um, establish the suitability for use and production of different soy foods. So just because a soybean is high protein and non-GMO does not necessarily mean it's well suited for making tofu, soy milk, or or whatever else. So basically, they're they're beans that are going to be welcomed by the by the consumer to eat and welcomed by the manufacturer because they they're efficient and easy to use in their manufacturing processes and help them create the product they want. For farmers, is there, um, you know, different things that they need to do? Or? Absolutely. So the food grade programs come with a production premium, obviously, and that's to, uh, to, to compensate the grower and reward them for, for best practices. And by that, I mean um, excellent weed control without, uh, without the GM traits to be able to just go in and use Roundup or something like that, um, as, as well as um, traceability, which is essentially record keeping, confirming that things have been cleaned out, making sure the crop is segregated um, at harvest time so it's delivered as one single variety. You mentioned uh, Japan. Is that a big market for the food grade beans? J- Japan is is the uh, is the kingpin of markets for uh, for food grade soybeans around the world for sure. Yeah, I guess maybe to talk a little bit more about what what they're using it for there. Um, so our, our customers uh, our largest largest uses for for tofu. So tofu is a is a staple food in uh, in Japan for sure. We've got many varieties that are well suited to uh, to tofu production that perform well here in Canada. Um, the second biggest use is uh, is soy milk. So a lot of um, a lot of school lunches, um, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, soy milk is uh, is drank in the home. Um, we have varieties that are suitable for that type of production as well. Um, that encompasses maybe two thirds or 70% of what Savita soybeans are used for. Um, beyond that, you have more specialty products like natto, um, more generic products like miso, um, and that, that pretty much gets you the full spectrum of the, uh, of the end use for food grade beans. 
All right. Anything else you'll be focusing on today or? Uh, no, I'm just excited to be here. It's it's nice to see the plot looking so good after the drought last year. I think it's a great opportunity to uh, to really get a look at and appreciate some of the advances in genetics that we've made over the last couple seasons. Yeah, maybe just talk a little bit about um, how the crops are looking. Yeah, the, the crop looks excellent at the plot here. I was out here on this site um, around this same time last year, and that was obviously not the case um, with, the, with the drought going on. Um, it's nice to see the corn reaching its full potential in, in terms of height, putting out some nice cobs. The beans look excellent. Um, it's you know it's really important that you get a decent growing year when you're um, when you're introducing new products so that you can actually see and appreciate the uh, the um, the advances that we've made in, in genetics um, over the years. That was Sandy Hart, general manager with Savita International. He was part of the series Global Seeds Insight Tour happening this week. The event was in Winkler yesterday. Crop tours are happening in Beaujolais today and Bagot tomorrow. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. The series Global Seeds Insight Tour made a stop in Winkler yesterday. Daniel Acuna is Director of Sales and Marketing. We look forward to the season. You know, the way soybeans and corn have been showing themselves this year, it's, we're hoping for a great year of soybeans this year and pushing that even to next year as well. There was a blip in soybean acres this year, but we believe this is the year to actually promote soybeans and look at the benefits. And it can withstand the rain, which we've been having this, uh, this current year, and it looks to be one of the better crops. The series Global Seeds Tour is in Beaujolais today and Bagot tomorrow. And Manitoba's corn crop continues to grow taller. Morgan Cott is with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. Some of the corn that I'm seeing now is still in the blister stage. It's late for blister stage. It should be that maybe in late late July, um, very, very early August at the latest. So um, we're still obviously behind. Nothing's changed there. Um, some fields are still just trying to complete tasseling, but uh, the silks have emerged, so it's hard to tell from the road exactly what stage they're at, so it's good to get in there. And of course, there's going to be some further ahead than blister, too. It just depends on where you are and when you plant it. But it generally, the crop looks really great. I just wish it was earlier. Cot says there hasn't been any insect or disease concerns so far this year for the corn crop. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, August 10th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get a market outlook from Ryan Long Henry with Series Global Egg. Today, we get a market outlook from Ryan Long Henry with Series Global Egg based out of Minneapolis. He started with the corn outlook. Yeah, so we've got some historically tight ending stocks on old crop in the U.S., uh, some drought situations going on over in Europe, and the market's not going to have as big as production as I think people were originally forecasted. Uh, so we should end up in a pretty tight situation while the world awaits for the South American harvest. And uh, what about soybeans? Similar but different. Uh, soybean ending stocks in the U.S. very low. Basis very historically high right now. Um, I think it's kind of the same situation we're going to see. Weather's been okay. Uh, we're still in a key growing growing stage for the U.S. beans. Uh, they're getting starting to get some drinks, so there's a little bit better prospect there. Um, but unless the South American crop comes through big, bean price could see some strong volatility. And I uh, wanted to talk uh, about wheat as well. Sure. Um, you know, everybody's been watching the headlines on the, the Russia-Ukraine situation. It seems like grain is moving now. Um, globally... You know, besides, again, some issues in, in the EU, U.S. Canadian crops look really good. Um, expecting bigger acres next year on U.S. winter crops with the higher prices. That, that commodity kind of differentiates from beans and corn as we know we have a good crop coming and we need to find some more demand for it. 
And uh, Canola? Yeah, Canola, after a really, really tough year last year, um, nice crops in Canada, you know, 18 and a half, 19 million metric tons of production, EU production higher, um, Australian production higher. Canola actually needs to find demand now with these higher prices. Uh, and so that one has has a little more friendly road in terms of, of the, the ending stock supply, but price could see some pressure. And finally, uh, oats. Oats, oats has been a big roller coaster. Um, you know, futures and flat price rallied really, really hard into the winter. Um, crop conditions a little better than I think people were expecting. Bigger yields after a tight year. Prices are down a lot. Uh, it's still unknown. If we have a big national yield, uh, we could see sustained pressure on prices. But if yields don't participate, especially uh, up in the north, uh, we could see prices recover back into that six, seven dollar area. That was Ryan Longhenry with Series Global Egg with a market outlook. The Canadian Federation of Independent Business says the federal government's plan to cut fertilizer emissions by 30% by 2030 must remain voluntary for Canadian agribusinesses. A recent CFIB survey revealed that nearly three-quarters of farmers said the yield of their crops and overall food production will be reduced if the federal government required them to reduce their use of nitrogen fertilizer. Taylor Brown is policy analyst of Western Canada and agribusiness. In late spring, we did a survey with our 6,000 ag members across Canada. And we found that nearly half say that they've already optimized their nitrogen fertilizer use. A lot of them have done this by conservation tillage, soil testing, rotating and nitrogen fixing crops. A lot of them are using the 4R nutrient stewardship already. And so they've really, you know, there's not a lot of room for them to further reduce any sort of fertilizer use, um, as well as nearly two-thirds of our agribusinesses say that a mandatory reduction of fertilizer use would decrease their profitability. And, you know, this is pretty understandable. Um, you can look at, you know, the additional rising costs that they're facing, labor shortages. You know, some farmers are really wondering how they'll continue feeding the world and, you know, Canadians as well. Just talk a bit more about the, the overall impact this would have on, on agriculture. CFIB is urging the government not to mandate any sort of reduction in fertilizer use in the future. Right now, it's a voluntary target. The government, you know, is still conducting stakeholder consultations on the target until August 31st. So I would suggest anyone listening who would like to provide their input, definitely take advantage of that. Um, any sort of, you know... Reduction in fertilizer use definitely means that there'll be less crops, there'll be less products, there'll be higher costs, you know, for consumers. And this is not a time where we can afford any sort of higher costs at all. You know, it's easy to see when you go to the grocery store how tough it is these days. You know, everything is just through the roof, inflation is through the roof, so... That's why we're really advocating, you know, not to mandate a fertilizer reduction. Our farmers have been reducing their fertilizer use for a very long time. Like, you know, some of our members said that they've been reducing their fertilizer use for 15 years now. 
fertilizer is incredibly expensive. Nobody wants to waste it. So there are definitely a lot of reasons why any sort of mandated reduction in fertilizer use would be detrimental. That was Taylor Brown, policy analyst with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Roland 4-H Museum is open throughout the month of August. Hours are 1 to 4 p.m. The series Global Seeds Insight Tour is on this week. The final stop is in Bagot tomorrow. Registration begins at 8 a.m. Tour gets underway at 8.30. You can RSVP to see Unger at seriesglobalseeds.com. And Fall on the Farm is an annual festival at the Mennonite Heritage Village in Steinbach. It'll take place this year on September 5th. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, the series Global Seeds Insight Tour is on this week with stops in Winkler, Beaujager, and Bagot. I was at the Winkler event yesterday. Caught up with Director of Sales and Marketing, Daniel Acuna. We're putting on our uh, yearly annual event uh, series Global Seeds Insight Tour here at the Winkler location. So in between uh, Highway 3 and 14 on the north side, we're, we're putting on a big show again like we do every year. We have another record attendance coming in that have uh, RSVP'd. We have things such as our, our brand new corn and soybean lineup hitting uh, the market. We have an overall market outlook as well, which you know it looks at where we're seeing trends, where we're seeing the commodities at at the current uh, outlook the uh, the fun thing about this also is we do have a diverse robust portfolio so we're able to offer food grade soybean varieties as well to the marketplace we have our friends from fmc looking at pigweed identification biology and control strategies within soybeans we have specialty crops we have the folks from lms ag equipment here along with precision planting so a lot of innovative things looking at uh, the ag industry especially on the seed side of things and how do we promote and how do we become more efficient in this day and age so today is all about learning it's all about everybody's insight providing that to our group and tour group and seeing how we evolve and, and change in the industry we're standing uh, next to the corn here um, how did the trials turn out this year phenomenal we're so proud to showcase off our horizon seeds corn and our savit international soybeans they've never looked this good before and we're we're so proud to show it off and each location looks like this so you know what it's going to be a good show it's a perfect time of year too because it's right before uh, harvest so it's it's right in the perfect window and uh, tell us about what's uh, coming up for the rest of the week uh, some of the other stops so we have Winkler on August 9th, we have Bozier August 10th in the morning, and then we have Bagot August 11th. And then uh, we have some uh, dealer meetings in between, and we're looking forward to the touring season. We look forward to seeing everybody here. And uh, farmers can still sign up for those? Absolutely. That's, uh, you can RSVP at cunger at seriesglobalseeds.com, and you can also RSVP at 204-361-6442. Chris Unger. We look forward to the season. You know, the way soybeans and corn have been uh, showing themselves this year, It's we're hoping for a great year of soybeans this year and pushing that even to next year as well. There was a blip in soybean acres this year, but we believe this is the year to actually promote soybeans and look at the benefits. And it can withstand the rain, which we've been having this, uh, this current year, and it looks to be one of the better crops. That was Daniel Acuna. He's the Director of Sales and Marketing with Series Global Seeds. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba's picturesque sunflower fields are starting to flower. Morgan Cott is an agronomist with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. The majority is just starting to bloom 
Um, I was in some fields this morning that were blooming beautifully, and they were probably at our 5.5. Some might have been a little bit further, but that's an early planted set of fields. And, yeah, generally I think in the next week you should start seeing more blooms on the road. Hot says some of the sunflower head sizes are smaller, which could be a concern. Series Global Seeds is hosting its Insight Tour this week with stops in Winkler, Beaujajur, and Baggett. Director of Sales and Marketing Daniel Acuna described the crops with one word. Phenomenal. We're so proud to showcase off our Horizon Seeds corn and our Savit International soybeans. They've never looked this good before, and we're, we're so proud to show it off. And each location looks like this, so you know what? It's going to be a good show. It's a perfect time of year, too, because it's right before uh, harvest, so it's, it's right in the perfect window. The Series Global Seeds Tour is in Beaujajur today and Baguette tomorrow. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on the national beef strategy. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.